Good morning and welcome to Coffee with the Sarlows. I'm Kelly. Good morning, I'm Karen. We'll start off the show today with show notes as usual. Um, our evening with Medium events were all cancelled for 2020, but we did want to take a few more opportunities to say thank you to everyone who bought tickets mm-hmm. this year and held out hope that those events would run. We're also very grateful to everyone who took the time to send emails to us and phone calls, little messages Mm -hmm. um, with your enthusiasm about the events and wanting to know when the next one would run. So thank you to all of you who have supported us. We promise to keep you in the loop when we know more about the new year. We have a second podcast series called Sips of Sanity. Those are 10 to 15 minute shows. They run the very first week of every single month. They are on emotional, spiritual, and intuitive intelligence, and Kelly and I work hard to give you a toolkit so that your life can get a whole lot better. The very first show is always free, and it's found on YouTube and our website, bysarlo.com. The remaining four are found at patreon.com backslash bysarlo. Lovely. And to go along with that, um, you know, you just mentioned Sips of Sanity, but there are a whack of other benefits Mm -hmm. in Patreon, including reflective questions to go with Sips of Sanity so that you know how to utilize the tools in your own life, as well as a nice habit tracker to help you um, Mm -hmm. really put those tools into action and see your own progress. Mm -hmm. There are guided journey meditations so that you can build your intuitive intelligence, and that's super fun. Um, we also have a chance to win a free session every month mm-hmm. with our top patrons. And as well, we are very excited. Uh, we have a book club launching in January on Patreon. So as Karen mentioned, if you're mm-hmm. interested in that, head over to patreon.com backslash by Sarlo. Those new tiers should start to be advertised around uh, December 22nd, which was earlier this week. So you can take a peek at those if you're interested. We also do private sessions for people all over the world. You can book a session with us by going to the website, bysarlo.com, filling out a form, and it will come to either Kelly or I. We do our sessions by telephone, Skype, Zoom, FaceTime, and WhatsApp. And yes, they are just as accurate as if you are in the same country, on, in the same province, and, or in the same city. Yeah, and we also have gift certificates available as well. So you can purchase those for yourself or anyone else anywhere in the world, as Karen just mentioned. Those are available to everyone. We can do a printable format and email it to you if that's something that uh, that you fancy. And we can also provide um, tangible ones for those who are local and would like to pick those up in our mailbox. Mm-hmm. All right, Karen. Mm-hmm. This is exciting. So this episode... People know we tape in advance. Mm -hmm. Um, This is airing if you're catching this early on the 24th. So we wish everyone a happy holidays and a Merry Christmas tomorrow. Um, And then if you're listening on Saturday when it launches, happy Boxing Day. (laughs) Okay. And if you're listening way later, you remember 2020. Hello. (laughs) Mm. Oh, my God. I know. Yeah. Okay. So or maybe you don't remember it. Yeah, exactly. Maybe you don't want to. <laughs> Although I will say, there have it, it boy like it, there have been horrific things in twenty twenty, mm-hmm. and catastrophic things. And there've all there's also been change, and there's also been for some people, good things, mm-hmm. um, and beneficial things that came of it, growth for them in all different kinds of ways. So I certainly, I know you and I want to acknowledge that while it's been, it's been a year of perspective opposites. Yeah. Yeah. 
and, and how it affected you personally, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, we're going to launch into this show. Okay. So this show is a medium show. And it's a female client that call. Um, it's not by telephone. It's over um, so, uh, computer. Mm-hmm. Would you like to name her? Stevie. Oh, I like that. Okay. So Stevie books a one-hour session. And at the very after we go through consent, she says to me, uh, I would like an open session. Because you and I go through the three types of sessions that we do. Mm-hmm. Um, open, which means that the spirit guides are going to direct everything. Mm-hmm. The client is, says, I give up, I relinquish, whatever the guides want me to know. You and I step aside and the guides come in and do it all. The second, where the client can go um, or call and have their own list. Mm-hmm. And they're going to be in control. They're going to direct it. Third, I call dancing. I don't know if you have a term for yours. I call it a combination. Combination? But dancing sounds like more fun. Yeah, I call it the dance because it, it's a back and forth mm-hmm. between the spirit guides are just going to do random and that the client is going to go, oh, uh, no, I, I just remembered, I want. Mm-hmm. And they're going to throw in what their wants are. And then when they don't know what their wants are or they're done, they're going to give it over to the spirit guides and they'll handle it. So that one goes back and forth. This woman started her session. Stevie start, started by saying she's going to go into an open session. And as soon as she said that, this I heard in the spirit world, no, 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 I'm her brother. No, this isn't going to happen. It's not open like this. And so I, I just chuckled a little bit and I grabbed my pen and paper and I told her that I was going to doodle and that I would show her the doodlings during the session. Mm-hmm if she would like to see what was coming through. And she said, yes, I didn't know that you did it this way. And that's fair because everybody, yeah, everybody does think, and I didn't before, and I don't always now. Mm-hmm. It just depends on the session. So he says to me, I'm her brother and I'm dead. And I have to say that because we also get people that are alive. So he, he identifies and he says, I'm dead. And he says, she would like for me to come through. And I said, well, she said open. And he went, no, it's not open at all. It's, it's going to be about me. Write a few things down and you can start and ask her if that's accurate. So I said, okay. So I took the pen and paper and he said, my parents are here. And I went, oh, they're dead as well. And he, uh, he says, yes, uh, biological, both mom and dad. I said, oh, do you mean that there are step parents? No. Just affirming. Just clarifying for you, because I know you're going to ask. I know that this is coming. And I'm like, oh, do you? And he goes, "Mm mm-hmm. So I write down medium, mom, dad, and I write M, oh, pardon me, M, B. Because he said it in that order, mom and mom, like mom and dad. So I wrote M, but then I wrote B for both. Hmm. And then he wrote, he wrote, well, no, you better write B for brother. And I went, oh, shit. Well, maybe I'll write two Bs and I'll explain the second one is both parents. And then the next one is brother. And he, and so I put MBB. He did not, sorry. I hate your system. Yeah, so do I. It, like, I didn't like that either, but it's just the way that it came out. Yeah. And so I wrote those initials down and he went, I don't like that. <laughs> And I went, that's fair. I don't either. And he went, you're not normally like this. What's wrong with you? And I, and he, and, and 
he, and then I said, oh, I, I'm sorry, you're right. It's, I'm not normally like this. And he went, I'm not either. So could you write out mother, both brother? And I said, yes, but the way that I write it, I'm going to have to put it in brackets because I always write in brackets what I clarify. And he went, oh my God, do you ever have systems? And I went, well, I do because most humans are what we call skeptics. Even if they say they're open or that they believe, they're still skeptics because of society and religions. And I, and he said, wow, this is hard. And I said, well, yes, but there's systems. So we're, we'll go through and we'll do that. He goes, well, could you write down M and put married and C for children? He goes, is this how you're doing this? And I said, no, 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 I'll write married and children. So I wrote down M, married, capital C, children. And he says, "That's those are mine. And I said, okay. He goes, but we have more siblings too. So could you write down siblings on the page, but make sure that she knows they're our siblings. How do you do this if you're trying to organize two families? He says, you're writing down about my family and you're writing down about her and my family. He goes, now I understand why this is a bit more complicated. And I said, it's okay, let's put it all on the page and I'll go over all of this with her. And he goes, okay. So he was patient, calm. He was just like, thank you. So then I said, I turned back to Stevie and I said, Stevie, I said, I'm going to give you some information here. I'm being told this is not an open session at all. And, and she went to defend herself and to speak up. And I said, and I talked right over her. And I said, you actually have a a brother that's passed over and he says that it's his session and that you, you actually want him for the entire hour pretty much. And she goes, yes. I said, I, I explained to you, that's where you had an agenda. You're in control. That's not called open. And she, she just said, well, okay, fine. And, um, what do you have about him? And she was, she was very nice. Like it wasn't done rudely or dismissively or anything like that. And so I started going through this and I said, well, I'm going to be methodical and I have my head down. And so I repeat it and I'm methodical and I go through each thing with her, telling her what I wrote and explaining how I wrote it. And I look up and she's got the biggest freaking smile on her face. And I said, does this accurately describe your brother's personality that he wants me to go slow and calm, be of one tone of voice, almost monotonous the way that I speak to you. And he's, cause he keeps telling me, Karen, your energy's here and my energy's here. So you need to calm right the fuck down because this isn't going to look like it's me. If you sit there in all of this kind of high energy, cause I don't talk like that. And I don't throw my arms in the air when I get excited. Do not be giving her high fives. Like you have to sit with your arms down and you have to keep one tone of voice. And I'm like, oh God, that's boring. And he goes, well, that's my character. I hope you never have to channel me. (laughs) Hey, I did it. I did it just fine. I I said, I believe you. So I told her that I said, and again, she just has such a good laugh. And she says, this is so my brother's character. And I said, well, he's giving me the information. You have siblings, you have children, he has children, you have a daughter, he has daughters, your brother, your together, your brother, not him, Mm -hmm. has a son. And she goes, yeah, why is he bringing that up? And I said, well, he's not trying to bring it up for a particular reason. He's just giving you a bunch of facts. 
And the point is, is that that's his character. He likes to stick within the facts, not the emotions, not, not, and no connection. Mm-hmm. It's, it's just factual stuff. And she said, that is exactly my brother. And then he, he, I, all of a sudden, like, I want, I don't know how to word this because I'm talking to her and as I'm trying to get out what I want to say to her about all of his character, um, my hand starts doodling on the page and it draws my attention and I'm like, what the heck? So I look down and I have drawn a square with a V in it and the V goes from one corner of the page to the other and then there's like a little circle on the top and all of a sudden, um, I, well, like I said, I was starting to say to her, well, I don't understand, but I'm drawing this picture and there's a square with a V in it, a circle on top. And now I want to draw a sailor, but I don't know how to draw a man sailor. <laughs> and I don't even know if that's exactly what it is. Would you know how to draw a female sailor? No. <laughs> Interesting statement. <laughs> True. So well, I... I I looked at it and I thought, where do I draw the sailor? And it's in the little circle. And I'm like, I do not know why I'm doing this. And she, I, so I'm showing it to her and she's just totally drawing a blank. So now like I just. Jim, Jim's Googling it right now. <laughs> and I'm just feeling totally stupid. And then he says to me, player. And I'm like, player, what the fuck is this? So I write player down on the page and he goes, no, you have to write player in the box. And I'm like, what? So. I, I, I erase, pardon me, I can't erase it. I write, I scratch it out and I try and move player into the box. And then he stands in front of me and he does what I freaking hate, what the mm. spirit world does. Blows smoke in your face? He blows smoke in me, or in my face. And I went, oh, I said, I don't quite understand all of this. I said, but um, he's drawing all this picture and he, was he a smoker? Is that correct? And she goes, oh my God. She goes, and I wrote blue and white on the box, one on one side, one on the other, and white. Sorry, there were three colors, white, blue, and blue. Oh, pardon me. White, light blue, dark blue. Two colors. Get it together. Different shades. Yes, I do have to get it together. Different shades of the blue. And she goes, Karen, you're drawing his cigarette pack. It's called players. Mm. So I didn't get it right. I forgot. I didn't know there was an S on the end of player, but I'll take it as a win. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I'll take that as, as a, as a, um, a good affirmation. And I said, he's blowing cigarette smoke in my face and I hate it. I need a minute to tell him to stop. And so she laughs and she says, you tell me if he does stop. Whoa. And I said, what do you mean? And so I turned to him and I said, are you going to stop? And he goes, yes, I will, because I'm a different person, but on earth I would not. I said, oh, so she means that even though other people didn't appreciate your cigarette smoke, you smoked in your home, you smoked in the car, you smoked, like if you went over to their house, you would light up a cigarette, even if it was their house, not your house, but say, it's me. If you want me to be here, I smoke. If you don't, I'll leave. And she said, that is exactly my brother. Hmm. And so he has depression. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's, I think what you just said, you need to repeat for the people listening to the show. He has depression. 
it's interesting. I, I, I realize that some people will be like, well, how did that leap just happen? And I really, truly don't know sometimes if it's this, if it's the medical intuitive part, the psychic part, um, or a psychology textbook part. Um, because, you know, it could go one way or the other. I could have said narcissist, but I'm assuming this is actually depression. Is that mm -hmm. correct? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, not at the expense of the brother or the, the sister's session. I think this is really cool for people to see if you're watching on YouTube or listen mm -hmm. in real time where we get to see the same thing mm -hmm. as you're describing. I can pick up on different details mm -hmm. or vice versa. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's how the gifts work. So then uh, he stopped with the cigarette smoke and we chatted a little bit together just to get the affirmation about the cigarette smoke. She wanted me to explain how I could smell it. Hmm. which was interesting because I really don't know how to explain it because there's, I had to say to her, there's no smoker in my house. I've been a non-smoker my whole life. Um, that it's part of the intuitive gifts and that is it, you know, part of the synesthesia or is it something else? Is it the clairgustance, right? So I we had a little chat about that. And then he says to me, um, can we move on? And I said, yes. And he's, he's very calm and even. And he says, I don't show emotion. I do now. He says, but I didn't on earth. I tried to keep everything calm. But to the point of where I just didn't want to feel anything. And I said, well, was it that you were medicated? And I said, because some medications for, de for depression or for different things in life for other medical reasons cause depression. And he said, no, I would never have sought help for anything like that. And I said, do you mean medically or do you mean like, like with a psychiatrist? Either. I said, okay. He goes, can we talk about how I died? And I said, absolutely. And he goes, well, I know that a lot of humans want mediums to describe how they died. And I said, okay. So he says, well, he said, I'll show you. So he shows me being in a home. Um, being in a bedroom, but it looks to me like it's not his bedroom. It looks like a, how do I say that? Oh, how do I, I don't even know how to word that, that it's not his bedroom. Maybe that's just an inner knowing, but it, it he, she ends up verifying, Stevie verifies that he doesn't stay in their bedroom, him and his wife. He's moved into a spare bedroom mm. and he says to me, could you write cancer down on the page? And I wrote, yes. Is that how you die? And he goes, yes. And I said, so was this diagnosed and like you knew about it or they found out after in an autopsy, like what occurs? He said, oh, well, no, I'm diagnosed, but I, I have less than a month to live because like I'm not going anywhere. I refused hospitals. I refused everything. So I was sick and I was at home. I wouldn't let my wife take me. I wouldn't go in an ambulance when she called one. I stayed like he really fought everything. Oh, Yeah. So he says, I just want her to know a couple of things about the death. And I said, what's that? He goes, well, she was in the house the day that I died. My brother, our, our brother was in the house. Um, his wife was in the house. And he said, they were coming in and out of my room. Didn't know that I was at the point of dying because just things were bleak for a little while, for several days. 
and they were going to call an ambulance again against my will, but they were just going to do it anyhow because it looked like I was so in and out, in and out that I couldn't, I couldn't fight with the attendants. So they were just hoping that the attendants could just get my ass to the hospital. And he said, when they left the room to discuss this, make the phone call and take action, I died. So I died with them in the house, but not in my room. And she is struggling with the fact that they were not in the room to be with me. But I want her to know that the reason they weren't in the room was my fault. Mm. And that they took the conversation out of the room so that I wouldn't kind of like come to and fight them again. And he said, so it is my fault that they were not present, not theirs. And each of the three of them is blaming themselves. It's fascinating what people fix on and fixate on as important. Yeah. That... Like I think about the level of comfort that I have if I'm sick, let's say, and I know you're in another room in the house. Mm -hmm. It's like, okay, someone who loves me is here, Mm -hmm. right? Like it's just, that's comforting enough that I can sleep, Mm -hmm. right? Or relax. And it doesn't sound like he wanted to live. So did he have comfort knowing that his brothers and and sister were around? Yeah. And this is something that he said, please write down on the page. I know that she loves me. Mm -hmm. I know that each of them loves me and that I was the one that put up all the blocks and all of the barriers through through life, Mm -hmm. through the physical part of care, through relationships of withholding and Mm -hmm. setting boundaries. And I would tell her, I love you. I love you, sis. He would say it and then put up a boundary so that she, if she tried to demonstrate it, he'd be like, and pull his shoulder or pull his body away. Mm. Or if she was talking about a memory, he'd go, yeah, whatever. Like, like he would try and he'd get gruff and he would dead end things that, or emotions. He would dead end the emotions and the expression of. And then he would turn around and say, yeah, I love you, sis. And he might give her a hug but it's a cold hug. It isn't an embrace. And, and I, there's a difference there. And, and we had a little conversation around that because she was like, well, that's really true. But could you describe the difference between a hug and an embrace for me? Mm. And I said, well, I said, you know it actually. You feel it. Stevie, I said, your daughter hugs you. Like, or pardon me, your daughter embraces you. She holds you. She feels and she allows the feeling to go to you. She wants you to know the feeling she feels. And I said, when he hugged you, it was like hugging a brick wall. Like it was an action with no feeling behind it. He purposely didn't want you to feel it. And she says, I just didn't understand that if he was constantly saying that he loved me then, did he? And so I said to him, well, did you? And he says, you know, Karen, He says, I want to say no, because I didn't allow myself to feel love. I didn't allow the feelings of safety, of trust, of connection. I don't feel those things, but it's not her fault. So how do I tell somebody who feels all of that so deeply and so freely gave it to me that I did not choose to receive it? And I did not choose to feel it back. Well, I think you just do. 
like to me when I hear what you're you're talking about if I was in Stevie's shoes I would want the validation that the lack of love I felt mm. wasn't me being crazy wasn't me passing a judgment but me understanding the limitation mm-hmm. and that if someone says I didn't love you because I didn't have the ability isn't that so much more freeing than hearing I didn't love you because I didn't want to mm-hmm. or because you weren't in the room with me? Mm-hmm. Yes. I think hearing the truth is the highest form of, of kindness so she doesn't spin out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's giving closure. Mm-hmm. He's giving such beautiful things in here that mm-hmm. she needs. And I think when she first makes the phone call, I uh, maybe I'm leaping here, but... I think when people first call sometimes, it's just to see if it's for real. Oh, God, yeah. It's not that they think that deeply, like, would I get closure with this? Mm -hmm. I think some people don't really know why they reach out to begin with. And it can just... I think it's hope. And they don't have maybe much of it. And I don't mean that as a judgment. But if I have a little hope that there's a possibility I could connect to a loved one, I'll take what I can get. Yeah. Not ever dreaming closure could be on the list. Yeah. Yeah. We haven't named him. I'll go with David. Okay. So another thing that that David brings up here, Kelly, is that um, he says to me, I was a non-believer. Like, I, I wasn't into what you do. And I was like, okay. And he goes, no, I need to really explain this. And he says, because this is important. He says... Not only was I not a believer in it, he said, but I thought that people that did what you do uh, were liars. Mm. And I would have said things like that you are a thief. And I said, what do you mean? And he said, well, because you take people's money. And he said, so I would have said to my sister and to the people around me, if she ever said that she was going to go to a medium or she you know, was going to a public event with one or was watching one on TV. He says, I would have made sure that I said things like, oh, just a bunch of liars. They're just thieves. They take your money from you. It's, it's, uh, what was the other, psychopaths. He says- That was a leap. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. He said, and I wrote that down. Oh, and he also referred to us as mentally ill. I get that. And he says, they, 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 they think that they hear voices in their head. Isn't that called schizophrenia? Like he would go on about things like that. And he said, he says, I was disgusted with people like you. And so he goes, so Karen, he says, I'm saying all of that because that's how I, that's how I talked when I was alive. And I said, oh, I know why you're doing that. I said, and he goes, well, I know why I did that now. And he said, and I want to be upfront with my sister. Because she would have done things like that, and I would have responded in that way. And I said, right, why is that, David? Have you figured it out yet on the other side? And he goes, yes. He goes, it was to control her. So that if I had an influence and she decided not to go, like, and I would make sure that I asked her. So if she was going to book the appointment a month later or whatever, if I knew it was on a Tuesday, I'd call her Tuesday night or Wednesday or be cool and call her Thursday and then casually bring up, so how'd your appointment go? Because I was interested to see if she actually kept it. 
And if she kept it, I wasn't interested in anything they said. I wanted to know if she kept the appointment or if she canceled it, meaning that my comments had weight, had weight on with her. And it, it knew, like he says, in a warped way, if it did, then I thought it wasn't just about controlling her, but that she loved me. Yeah. And I said, okay, what do I do with all that? Just explain that. He goes, yes, please begin with that. So I said, okay, I'll come back and I'll talk to you, David. So I told her all of that. And then I came back to David and I said, what now? I've told her all of this. He said, well, she's affirmed that I did do those things and that I said those things. And then I came back afterwards and I would behave in that pattern, that cycle of things. He says, she's going to place that now for other things as well. And this is really important because that wasn't the only issue I would have done this in. I need to say to my sister now, I feel remorse. I am apologizing for what I did. I regret this. I, it makes me sad to know that I behave this way. Mm-hmm. He said, she needs to hear that I feel these things because what I withheld the most was the feelings. I want her to know that I feel each of those things and that I love her. And he says, but now I want to say, I love you. Now I wish I could wrap my arms around her and embrace her. Now I want to say things to her like, I am so proud of you that you would go to the medium anyway and that you wouldn't cave into my behavior. Mm-hmm. And I thought, wow, this is so important. So she's hearing that the way that she stood up for herself is now that important to him as as her dead brother mm-hmm. because he's able to see the, that she valued herself and didn't say, I will value the withholder more than I value myself. I won't put that person that behaves that way with those insecurities ahead of me. Mm-hmm. So we got through that. Then he comes in and the next point he says is, okay, another validation. He goes, I was religious, but not spiritual. And I'm like, what? That took me by surprise. And he goes, yeah, yeah. He goes, like, I I was in an organized religion. We were raised in one. He says, and I would say that I was religious. He says, but I didn't say that I was spiritual and he said, so I would say religious things to be controlling. I went, oh, okay, I get that. And he goes, well, I do now. And he says, so he says, tell her something like that um, I, would have belie- I would have believed there was a, ha- a, a hell and I would have hoped there was a heaven. Hmm. Isn't that interesting? That's a backwards thing to buy into. Oh, like it, it was, I don't know. It's like he sees his messed upness, mm-hmm. but I have to present the messed up ways that he was first so she can go, yes, that was him. Because that's the moment we, you and I need for the validation. Yeah. That's the affirmation. Then we move to the second phase of, and this is what they've learned. And then after they've learned this, this is who they are now on the other side. This is who they truly are. And from that place comes the ability to feel the remorse, the sadness, the desire to connect. And then he says to me, so I'm now her dead brother. 
and I'm looking for a connection to her. Mm. And he says, Karen, he says, this is the saddest thing or the saddest moment, he says, is to recognize that I am now ready to connect, but I'm dead. And he said, so I'm telling you all about these beliefs and these blocks and the ways that I behaved with honesty because it's my opportunity to be honest. And it's my opportunity for my sister to hear my honesty. And I value that you're going slow enough and calm enough to give it a process so she has time to hear it, to think about it, to choose whether to accept it or not, or put it on a side plate and come back to it later. Mm-hmm. Thank you. So I relate that to Stevie. I said, you know, he's thanking me and I need to tell you for what and why so that you understand everything that he's been going through since he's died because it's going to make more sense or it will make it more palatable. I don't know if the word is believable because that will be her choice. Well, you're seeing consistency for the first time because if he's offering an apology, which is uncharacteristic of the human David, but he's also able to follow it up with a thank you that has consistent messages for both of you, then yeah, there, there's more of an ability to trust. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When she's ready, as you mentioned. Yeah. So, and then he, after like all of this, he says, I was, um, was under five feet. He says, I was 4'11". And I'm like, what? This is like, it was so random. But I told everybody I was five feet because I was embarrassed I was a man and that I was under five feet. He says, so I was 4'11". And he says, my sister knows the truth that I was 4'11". And she heard countless times where I would say to people that I was five feet because it seemed to be a big freaking deal to humans that I was a short man. Huge. And he says, and I just got, I just felt fed up and angry. And she knows my story about my shortness Mm -hmm. and about being a man in short. And the fact that I stretched my height and that, you know, other people might know, no, you're not five feet. And they might actually argue with me and I would just walk away because it was like, what are you stupid that you didn't understand that I'm sick of this? And so she understood his feeling of why do people have to, how do you say, concentrate or focus on his height instead of who he was? He says, could you bring that up? And I said, yeah, why? He says, I want to thank her for not calling me out in front of all those people about my height. It was just an issue. And it was something that she did graciously for me that I never thanked her for. Hmm. Like that. And we both knew it. but And it was a silent thing between the two of us, but we never even made eye contact when this was happening. She would just politely look away because she knew that I was lying. And she didn't want to call me out or look me straight in the face when I was lying. She understood that there was more pain behind that. Mm-hmm. And and she he says, I just want her to know that in that moment, I knew how much she loved me. Mm-hmm. And, and I, I, I saw her maturity. And now on the other side, I see my lack of maturity. I see my lack of working through an issue like that. Yeah. And I mean, if he's, if he's seeing in that moment someone trying to offer love, Mm -hmm. doesn't believe he can receive it and therefore thinks now I need to control you because I know you've got something on me. Like what a, what a cycle. Was. And, 
like the whole time in the whole session, Kelly, she was really present there just to be in this one hour with him Mm -hmm. to continue to love him. She wasn't, I really don't think she came with the intention of, I need some explanations and closure. She came with, is my brother okay? I'm Mm -hmm. just checking up. How's my brother doing? And was not expecting all of this explaining who he really was, what his fears really were. The fact that his heart was now full of love for her. And the last little piece that occurred here was super fun for me. He says to me, how can I let my sister know I love her? And I said, in all kinds of ways. He says, okay. He says, would it be too far for you to write down goosebumps on the page? And I wrote, no, no, I'm writing your notes. You go ahead. He goes, by the way, Karen, I can't believe that you do note taking for dead people. That on a resume. I I think that's funny because I was in office administration for the first 13 years of my life where I actually did learn stenography, which is now so outdated. But if anybody knows what a stenographer is, I actually did handwrite in, um, I don't know how you call that, short Short form, form. um, writing what other people said. And now, the humans. And now I'm doing the same thing for dead people. I find that comical. Got to keep building on your skills, girl. Yeah, no kidding. So he says, write down... Goosebumps. Goosebumps. And he says, "Um, tell her that I want for her to feel that I love her. And he says, and I'll tell you when to say goosebumps. And I'm like, when to say it? What do you mean? I got a pause? And he, yeah, I know. He's going to catch when she's got them. Absolutely. Oh my God. God. Absolutely. So then he says, now tell her mom and dad are here and that mom and dad died before me and they want to come in to say hi for the last, I think it was like the last 15 minutes. And he goes, so I'm just going to stand around, but that I want to be around while she visits mom and dad, but she wants to know if mom and dad were here and if they were the ones that crossed me over, please say yes, but also the dogs. And she'll like that. So I said, oh, okay. So I passed along that message to Stevie and he goes, goosebumps. And I just burst out, goosebumps, as soon as I heard him say it, <laughs> as fast as I could to, to him saying it. And she goes like this, and she holds up her arms and her hands, and she goes, how did you know? And I said, he wanted you to know, or he wanted you to feel that he loves you. And that when you got the goosebump moment, I was to yell out the word goosebumps and show it to you on a piece of paper. So I whipped up the piece of paper. I showed her the word goosebumps and written beside it, I love you. And then she was just like, so he gave me goosebumps? And I said, he did. And he's, because you can't make yourself get goosebumps. Mm -hmm. And I said, so he's very proud of himself that he could demonstrate and share the feeling of love with you for you. Mm-hmm. And then I'm going to end it here, but in a moment, but then her mom walked in and went, okay, my turn like this. And her brother, David says, okay, I'm content. Just like that. And I thought those are some of the nicest words I've ever heard. Well, yeah, especially from a depressed soul. Yes, I am content. It did not come up in his session about depression, though you are correct about it. Mm -hmm. 
And what occurred after her mom came in, just to wrap this up for people, after her her mom came in, her dad did come in for a couple of, or maybe about two or three minutes because we were running out of time. But she says to me at the end, I'm going to call back. I need more time. I, I need more time with my mom. I need more time with my dad. And I had a whole bunch of other things to ask you. Listeners are like, I need more time. Yes. And she says, so I'm going to call back again. And can I keep calling back till I get through my list? And I said, you can call back as often as you're comfortable with the process and that your needs are being met. Mm. And I said, so check in to make sure your needs are being, being met and doing this and away we go and your boundaries are not being crossed. And she went, I never thought that I would call a medium and hear them say, are your needs being met? Are your boundaries being crossed? I wanted to say thank you. Mm. And I said, oh, I do that for you as a human, but I also do that for all the dead people. Mm -hmm. And she went, what? I said, well, I, I don't, like, I always check in with my humans. I said, but I always check in with all of the dead people, all the spirit people too, that I'm not crossing their boundaries and that the session is meeting their needs and the spirit guides. And she went, that's your process. Well, yeah, because your contracts are still going on with the people that died even though you're the human still here. And sometimes, you know, when they say, when they give us information, but say, don't say that, that's part of us upholding your contract between the two of you so that you can still be on track to learn your lessons. Yes. Oh, you've explained that so well. Thanks. Mm Mm-hmm. Fun. So she's already rebooked. Oh my goodness, that's wonderful. Yes, she's already re- rebooked. And and I I so looking for look forward. Well, I look forward to every session because it's always just something different. But I look forward to hearing where she's going next. Mm-hmm. Like if it's mom that's coming in more or dad. Like you know, and what else is on that list that she's got going? Mm-hmm. Cool. Mhm. Well done. Mhm. Mm-hmm. I, and I'm happy to share it because this is closure. This is honesty. There's integrity. There There's, are so many healing things in in this hour. Like, I just think, what will that do for her heart now? Where love was withheld and that that is now not part of their relationship. Yeah. And, and process for David. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And her, his gratitude that she was true to herself and that what was true to her was what was allowing them to both heal and was allowing him to come forward to be able to speak to her. Mm-hmm. Well done. Mm-hmm. Thank you. you. We're good for today? We are. Okay. So if you have questions or comments about today's show, you can email us at info at If you have time and uh, the energy, if you'd like to hit the subscribe button, you can like, share, comment, review, write a testimonial. All of those things individually and collectively help us bring these stories to more and more people around the world uh, so that they too can grow in their own emotional intelligence and spiritual connection. So thank you in advance for being a part of that. Um, join us on patreon.com backslash by Sarlo if you are looking for more personalized tools for your human experience. Um, and like we mentioned, uh, you know, we're here to support you any way we can, wherever you are in your journey. We hope you have a wonderful, happy holidays and a great weekend.